there's a lot that you have to just really talk through. And that's the problem is that I think that my idea of how to do something, whether it's scheduling or anything else, my idea on how to do it is the best idea. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Oh, man. My, my way is the best. <laughs> no, my way is the best way. <laughs> Hey, this is Heath Padgett, and welcome to the RB Entrepreneur Podcast, episode 162. The RB Entrepreneur is a weekly podcast for nomadic entrepreneurs, and on today's episode, I sit down with my friends Mark and Alouetta of Thin Air, which is a web design and development company, to talk about what it's like working together with your spouse while also working from an RV. But really, we dig into the part about working with your spouse and what that's like. Mark and Alouetta have been married for 35 years and been working together for more than a third of that period of time. And not only they're a sweet couple, they run a successful business together and have went through a lot of the hurdles that couples who are starting a business or even in their first 5, 10 years have already went through. And they're just a wealth of knowledge when it comes to navigating the working dynamic of couples who are working together. Some people call them couplepreneurs. It's a very cutesy word. I guess it makes sense for the context of what they do. You're entrepreneurs and you're also a couple. And this is something that when Alyssa and I have told people, we work together, we run our business together, we also live in a small RV, travel together kind of thing. It kind of evokes like a visceral reaction. You know, people are like, oh, I, I, don't, I could never live, you know, in such a small space where I, I would kill my spouse if we worked together. And there are definitely those reactions out there. But on the flip side of that, like there's good and bad, obviously, coming at it from a realistic angle. But I would say the good side of it is that Alyssa and I get to wake up and share a big part of our lives together every single day, which is our work. And sometimes the downside of that is, you know, we're trying to have a nice dinner out and we talk about our work. But at the end of the day, we have an opportunity to create our lives together to, to try to make an impact together in our work. And I think that's a really meaningful thing. And I think more and more people as we're shifting to this freelance style model of entrepreneurship are going to be working with their spouse. So it's it's important to kind of look to people like Mark and Alouette who have been working together as a team for many, many years and just say, how'd you guys do it? What are the things that you can impart to us? So that's really the purpose of today's episode. We talk a little bit about the the foundation of Mark and Alouetta's business, their transition to living on the road and running their business on the road. But really, we dig into the dynamics and the psychology of working together with your spouse and some of the most helpful things they learned along the way. For me personally, the biggest thing I took away from this episode was how valuable it could be if you were to hire a third party they could be a friend, they could be um, kind of an acquaintance or, or a professional, but somebody to come in and kind of audit or help coach you and your spouse that can kind of look at it from an impartial point of view and just help your working relationship. And we go deeper into that. She explains it a lot better than I do. But there's a lot of value in this episode. If you're working with your spouse or you're thinking about starting your business with your spouse, uh, I think you'll get a ton of value from this episode with Mark and Alouetta. All right, let's get into today's episode. Mark and Alouetta, thanks for being on the podcast, guys. Thanks, hey, Heath. Thanks for having us today. So you guys have been working together now for over 13 years? Yes. Yes, <laughs> since 2005. We've had a business together since 2005, but we've been married 35 years. So so, so you've been working together for much longer than 13 years? Well, In different capacities, yeah. We I, had different, yes, we had different jobs, but uh, we have worked together over the years in lots of capacities. I can't believe this is the first time I'm having you guys on the podcast because, I mean, like we hung out for the first time at that campground in San Marcos for a while. It was kind of a random occurrence, too, because there was so many of us just like hanging out at this random campground in San Marcos for like a month. And we just, you know, had potlucks and stuff. It was, it was a fun yes, fall. It was great. We good, talk about that quite often, yeah, actually. Good time. Fond memories. Yep. Yeah. Because we were very early in our RVing life at that point and so it was a great learning experience for us <laughs> yeah well i want to i want to talk about y'all's rv journey but like let's go back Hi. to the to the beginning of thin air and let's kind of start there you okay. guys have now over 200 clients i know you have a lot of contractors you work with and and the business has come a long way but like i guess when you first started thin air how did it all come about like what were you guys doing in your life at the time and where did this idea come about to start a 
web design and software consulting business. Wow. So that's kind of an interesting story. I mean, we we were in Colorado in the small town in the mountains, you know, living the dream, you know, 3,000 square foot log home and lots of snow to shovel. And Mark worked for a company that, believe it or not, made Hawaiian shirts and <laughs> oh, nice. uh, <laughs> in the middle of the mountains in Colorado. And he managed two or three of the businesses that they had. But it just wasn't uh, a good fit for us. It felt like uh we weren't helping. And I think it was, you know, there were a lot of uh, factors there, but we, we talked about for a long time, just starting our own business so that, you know, we had a little bit more control over what we were doing and how much time. Mark has owned a business in the past, a printing company he was uh, part owner with for several years. Go ahead. So yeah, 22 years in the printing business. And at one point we had over, over 50 employees and lots of headaches that go along with that. And uh, went to work for one of my smaller clients, uh, again, the Hawaiian Shirt Company. And we built the first e-commerce website for them in 2001. And within three years, they were doing over a million uh, over a million dollars a year from the website alone. And From just so, Hawaiian t-shirts? Yeah, Hawaiian shirts. Wow. They're not shirts. They're actual cloth shirts. They were right. Hot. No, legit quality. Man. Yeah. Is that is it is that business still around out of curiosity? They actually sold the business about ten years ago and got out. Um, and but I I think yeah the business to Jimmy is Buffett. Still, yeah, <laughs> probably. <laughs> yeah. So um, that was our first taste of you know web development, e-commerce, and we decided to start our own company. And it was small. It was in a small part of Western Colorado, and we had to do other things. I've been around computers from the printing experience. So we started doing small business IT work and a little website stuff on the side. And um, one of my clients at one point asked if we did, had ever heard of virtual tours? And so uh, that was a strange question I didn't know the answer to. So I looked it up and within four years, we had done over a thousand real estate photo shoots in Aspen, Vail, Telluride and Crested Butte had four photographers at one time, and then the recession hit. So the real estate photography business kind of went by the wayside. In 2007, some of our experience with clients and asking us questions about, hey, since you do our photography, can you help us with our website? And so we ended up with a bunch of website clients from the real estate side. And one of the partners that was helping us develop websites was a company named Thin Air, appropriately named because they've been in Crested Butte since 1998. So within a few months, uh, I was talking to the owner. He was an absentee owner. He wanted to get out of the business. Um, so we made him an offer in 2007 and bought the company known as Thin Air. And we acquired an office and a bunch of clients and full-time employee and, and all those things, but also some fun opportunities. And we rock and rolled with that for a long time. And then after the recession, um, the real estate photography business was uh, not lu as lucrative as it yeah. once was, shall we say. Pretty much went away. And uh, fortunately, we were pretty strong in the web development and just went with that full time. So that's pretty much all we've done for the last seven or eight years. And at one time had two full time offices and physical space and things like that. So that's kind of the quick story on Thin Air Web. In 2015, was it 2015, right. we bought another website company located in Western Colorado, um, a, another small company that had probably a little less than 100, well, probably about 70 clients. And um, we we bought um, the assets of that company also. So that we added that to our portfolio, if you will, of um, website customers. But we also do custom software development, back-end kind of software for specific companies. And that's about 25% of our business is very specific to a business developing web-based software where they have in the past used um, Microsoft Access, Access or, things like or that. Excel spreadsheets or whatever, but really building building out the system management systems that they can use from anywhere. Totally. And Alouetta, what did you when Mark was running? Uh, going back to the early days at Thin Air, sure. uh, when Mark was you know selling Hawaiian T-shirts, what did you say you were doing? 
you know, for about um, 10 years or so, most of the time that we lived in the mountains, I did contract work. I worked most of my adult life in nonprofits and from working and running them. And then eventually um, I spent some time at one of the United Ways in the area working for a lot of nonprofits and doing strategic planning for nonprofits and went out on my own and worked just freelance um, grant writing, doing board development and strategic planning for nonprofits. So I did all of that while we were living in the mountains while he was doing t-shirt while he was doing Hawaiian shirts but also Mark's parents lived with us for many years and so I helped actually manage their medical kind of things and taking them to doctor's appointments and various kind of stuff so I also had that and I still had kids at home so all of that yeah you had four little ones and so you were <laughs> wearing a lot of so whenever the idea came to get into thin air and kind of start this business did you guys sit down and say like this is going to be something that we work on and build together or was it more of like mark's thing at the beginning and, and you came in later like what was the conversation that you guys had was it very much like an intentional we're going to you buy know, this thing and work on it together i wish that we could say that was you know how we did that but as many things in our life, we just get up one day and say, you know what, we should do this. And, you know, then we just do it. Not really. We did talk <laughs> about it. Um, very early on, I was described by our tax preparer as a very common small business uh, employee re referred to as a rele reluctant spouse bookkeeper. He said, probably the most common when people decide they're going to start a business together, the most common thing that happens is one of them becomes a reluctant bookkeeper because that is one of the things that people just decide that they have to do themselves to manage their cash flow, manage their clientele or whatever, is they just do their own bookkeeping. That's not necessarily the best idea in some cases, especially depending on what kind of business you're in. But that is the role that I sort of took on, as well as pretty much dealing with clients just initially and helping training and that kind of stuff. So I learned a lot along the way because that was not my forte. So was that described as reluctant from somebody else or would you have described yourself as being like reluctant to get into the business? No, I don't think I was reluctant. I was ready for something else. I do. I will say that Mark and I have talked about this many, many times. If if we had tried to be in business at any other point in our lives, we would not have succeeded. We would not still be married. We wouldn't speak to each other. And probably one of us would have been dead um, because we just have very strong personalities. We have very um, ideas, everything. And and we just had been in charge of things our own way for so long that it was that was one of the challenges, I think, in the beginning is who's going to make the decision, who gets to make the decision, who has to make the decision. So I think if we had done it at some other point in our life, we wouldn't have been able to do it. But I think we were both ready for something different and ready to try something that would be together. Yeah, we're both type A, you know, go getter kind of people and always have been. You know, I I had experience growing businesses previously and and. uh you know, when we started to work together, it was primarily me working, you know, 16-hour days, um, traveling all over western Colorado and, you know, doing sales. And, you know, we essentially bootstrapped the thing from zero, you know, quit a six-figure job on a lark with one client and decided that this is the smartest thing we could do. And uh, <laughs> really wasn't the smartest thing. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was essentially, you know, we're going to burn the boats on the beach and, you know, full speed ahead. <clears throat> and, um, you know, we grew 100% a year for the first three years and have pretty much maintained that level in the years since. And a lot of that's intentional. We don't want 50 employees again. Yeah. So, you know, when we first started thinking about you know, being mobile, and this is going to go back, we've been full time two and a half years. Prior to that, we probably researched and thought about and planned and changed plans for, I guess, three years before yeah, we actually pulled the trigger. Three years. And we had two offices and full time staff. So that wasn't going to work on the road. We thought 
pretty strongly that, you know, being all in on web development, that we could virtualize that. You know, we couldn't do real estate photography anymore because you have to actually drive to Aspen on a blue sky day to take the kind of photos that people want. But we can do web development from anywhere with an internet connection. So we thought the concept would work. And then we started figuring out, okay, how are we going to how are we going to unravel the physical infrastructure necessary to run a business and, you know, personal stuff, sell a house and downsize and go from 3,000 feet to 300 square feet? And, uh, you know, can we actually we'd, – we'd home office for a long time. So, you know, we were comfortable with that. But, you know, we had offices on separate floors of a large house. So not – that's different from being back to back separated by five feet. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and I want to get into like where y'all are at today and how things have transitioned. Um, but I but I still am really interested to dig into like I don't know, I haven't had too many couple entrepreneurs on this podcast who have been working together as long as you guys have. And being ah. being honest, like I don't I don't have that many friends in our life like who are couple entrepreneurs and I mean we have some but there's just not a lot of information out there on working together, especially from the road. So I, I really do want to I want to dig into y'all's transition sure. to living on the road. But I, I want to also dig into like the early days in y'all's business and okay. kind of set up expectations for other people who are maybe trying to start a business with their spouse or maybe they're getting into it after one's already started. Like what were some of the pain points that you guys had in those early days? So the business is growing Alouetta, you're, you're doing some of the bookkeeping market. Sounds like you're going out and maybe getting clients yes. and, and helping support those clients. And, and Alouetta, I think I read somewhere on, on y'all site that you were, you were making, like you were kind of trying to dictate, uh, Mark's schedule and, and kind of like get him to do things on a certain time. Cause he need, I know I need that. And you were trying yes. to do that, but he was like yep. pretty st- stubborn. So I guess like what were some of the things <laughs> that you guys had to work through as a couple in those early days? Well, um, I would say negotiating priorities and that's, you know, that comes down to money and time and energy and who's doing what task and all those things come down to, to managing priorities and who's going to make the decisions. I mean, one of the things that she was talking about scheduling was, uh, when we were doing small business and, and home IT work, you know, I had to drive to every appointment cause we were, you know, 20, 30 miles from any client and they could be in different directions. And you try to do two appointments in the morning and two appointments in the afternoon and something takes longer than it's scheduled to happen. And pretty soon your schedule blows up or, you know, as we started doing a lot of photography, you know, we'd try to schedule a one or two day trek over to Aspen, which was a two plus hour drive. Sometimes it was winter. It takes longer. And, you know, You've got photography, you're trying to jam as many, you know, photo shoots into a day or a day and a half as you possibly can. And still people are calling and they've got emergencies and you've got, it's just, it can be a lot. And there were times when it was a lot and it was overwhelming and at times. So, you know, I'm out there on the front lines dealing with everything and she's trying to schedule or reschedule based upon what's going on. And sometimes that would cause some friction because, you know, she'd make promises and I'd make promises. And then, you know, somehow we had to figure out how to make sure everybody stayed happy. And then at the end of the day that we were both happy. Yeah. And, and I think that challenges like that are, there's a lot that you have to just really talk through. And that's, The problem is that I think that my idea of how to do something, whether it's scheduling or anything else, my idea on how to do it is the best idea. (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. Oh, man. My my way is the best. (laughs) No, my way is the best way. (laughs) So uh, that is and continues to be, although after this many years, I think it's far less. But that continued to be in the beginning. A, a big challenge for us. And the other thing that I, I think that sometimes we minimize, especially when people are in business together or trying to start a business, is the financial burden of starting a business. We did not, we were not gifted with, oh, you know, we've, I appreciate and respect everyone who does that. 
but we didn't have a cash cow. We didn't have a bunch of money that we were living off of while we were trying to build this business. We were literally bootstrapping. We were waiting for the checks to come into the mail and and we were, you know, carrying things as long as we could carry them and that financial um, hardship sometimes plays that underlying kind of problem with couples is how that gets managed cash flow and that kind of stuff. And that then that translates into, well, you have to work more. Well, I can't. I don't have any more hours in the day and that kind of stuff. So we had a lot of fights and we were able to with the help of a couple of things. And and I can't really emphasize this enough. If you're going to start a business together and you expect both of you to be very involved in it, very connected to it, there are a couple of things that you need to have. And one is someone else to come in and help you define that strategic plan that you have. Not the business plan necessarily, although that's a part of it, but the strategic plan for how you're going to get things done and who's going to do those things. And you can't do that without a third party. I do not believe you can do that without a third party. So we actually have a friend who is still our friend, and that's pretty (laughs) amazing because She came in on two or three different occasions and helped us talk through and sort through how we could manage our plan with our personalities. I want to emphasize something that Alouetta brought up earlier, and that is, you know, at at various times in your life, seasons or whatever you want to call them, um, it, it wouldn't be possible necessarily for us to have considered this after just five years of marriage. One of the advantages that we have, I think, is that we have 35 years of experience negotiating and communicating and dealing with pressure and and dealing with financial issues and questions and uh, all those things that are internal and external. And I have a lot of admiration for you and Alyssa and a lot of these other young folks that are, you know, newly married and newly in business and, um, you know, wrestling through all the same things that everybody else deals with. And um, I, I think that's great. And still trying to figure out how to just live together. Because that's, you know, when you're early, as you and Alyssa are, you're still trying to just figure out how do you live with another person who wasn't raised like you, who isn't doesn't have the same personality as you, may not even have the same values when you come down to it as far as priorities and that kind of stuff. We we had the advantage of having a lot of years of that where we were actually working elsewhere, but still figuring some of that out. Because a marriage is working together. Regardless. Regardless. It's just that's part of the part of the game that you play. Whether you're actually in business together, um, you're still in marriage together. And there's so many similarities. So it can translate over if you do it well. How do you separate the like because normally if you have a job or a company and something doesn't go well or you're not performing or getting the stuff done that you need to, it's like it kind of stays there. And I find that one struggle is like you obviously you can't separate the two. So how do you keep business business and your relationship, your relationship, if that makes sense? Yeah, great question. I was actually thinking about that the other day. I can't remember what prompted it. Maybe it was one of your podcasts, Keith. But I think it's, you know, it's like looking for that that mythical unicorn that's called work-life balance. And I think you know, if you're married and work and in business together, I think it's I think it's a unicorn. I think you have to give yourself permission to know and and see that everything is mixed up together, and there isn't this magical line of separation. At least, at least for for me, and, and you know, Alouette yeah. can speak to it differently. But you know, we have our separate spaces. I have air quotes around that. We have separate workspaces, even though it's in the same space. But, you know, I go for 20 mile bike rides and she goes shopping. And, and so we, we make sure that we have, you know, some time to decompress, 
you know, even when we go to dinner, we're talking about kids, family, or the business, and that's because that's most of our life, and that's okay. I mean, because it is all it's all mushed together, and there really isn't a way to separate it completely. And I would say that that's exactly correct. And even when you want it to be separate, even when you are intentional about separating it, it is your life. And so that's a life you chose. And and in our case, it's it's the life that we have. And we try to balance it with doing other things that we also want to do. So we are in business together. We just happen to live in an RV. And we're in business together, but we do other things and have other interests that are um, separate from our business and separate from each other. And um, Mark, like he said, likes to go bike riding and I don't. So I do other things that I want to do. And we kind of identify those things. The other thing that I think that it is, I think it's hard when you're in business together is to start looking at situations where one of you might be working more than the other one, or there might be some animosity about, well, you know, I have to do so much more than you have to do, is to just to make sure that you're looking internally and saying how much of this is just me being tired, or me not eating right, or I'm maybe a little bit sick or whatever. Because a lot of times, I think that's what happens is you start to put the blame on or the onus on someone else for not doing their part when in fact it really doesn't have anything to do with business. And I think that's one of the real crucial things is to try and look at it that way. But I don't think you can, I don't think you can separate it. If you really are going to have a business together, I don't think you can be separate from it. I think that's really wise. And I, I want to go back a little bit to having the third party come in because, and just maybe dig into the format for how that other person came in. Because I've found in a couple different, like several different scenarios when Alyssa and I are around somebody else, like a trusted friend or something like that, they just help give us perspective because we can just talk in circles. And I don't know yes. if you guys do this, but like, <laughs> I, I, I'm sure Alyssa, it's, it's incredibly annoying because I talk about the same stuff all the time with the oh, same yeah. approach. Like we need to yep. do this. We need to do this. And she's yep. like, you've been saying this for three years. Like, you know, there's just no new information coming in. So you do kind of talk in circles. Right. Um, but I'm, I'm super. In- and one thing that we put on our like personal growth goals for 2019 is like hiring a business coach, maybe for uh-huh. each of us individually. But now I'm kind of like you're giving me ideas to maybe hire somebody as a kind of team and have them kind of audit what we're doing and how we can be better. Um, and I really like that. So I, I'm interested to hear what was the format for that person that came in? Did you just like pay them to like say, Hey, sit down with us for, you know, up to three hours and help us audit like how we're working together and maybe some high level strategy in the business? Like what did that look like? Okay. Mark's going to answer first and then I'll answer second. Well, actually I'm just going to give Alouetta an introduction because this is what she's trained to do. And one of the things that you can't do is do it for yourself. Yeah. Uh, because you it, you pointed it out, Heath. You cannot be objective about your own uh, behavior and strategy and ideas. Uh, it really takes a third-party objective individual to be able to pull that out and hold you accountable for what is and isn't working. So um, I'm just going to let Alouette kind of talk on you know <laughs> what's <laughs> – what strategic planning look might look like yeah. and, and how that might look like for you guys. So he just, just a little more background. Most of the last several years before we started this business, I spent a lot of time with nonprofit boards and also some other small business couples, just like us that ask, cause because they knew my background, they asked me to come in and it's not an intervention as some people might, you know, kind of, um, describe it as, but it, it literally isn't, it's an outside party, a disinterested party. That is, that person doesn't have a vested interest in the success or failure of your business. They're just there to, to help you take what keeps rolling around in your mind and put it into a format where it's an actual actionable plan. And it's very similar. Um, I, I have found it's very similar 
to even nonprofit board kind of work when the board is trying to identify a mission and identify the strategic plan and vision for what the business is. And so it's a process that I've done many times. And a friend of mine who also does this as part of her business was willing to do that with us. And the real challenge is I would not necessarily recommend that you use someone that you know well, but it could be someone that you know, but it's really more about what they are able to do. So you said something a few minutes ago about, you know, getting a business coach for you and for Alyssa. And if people are not directly in the same business, that would probably be all right. But if you're going to be... in the same business, having the same goals and everything, I would recommend that one person be able to do that for both of you because you could get two business coaches that tell you totally different ways of doing things. And that's not going to be helpful to your business if you're both going to be working together. So the process a lot of times in the beginning involves a Uh, SWOT analysis, which you probably, if you're in any business, probably would understand it's SWOT, it's strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. And it just as a process where you go through your business and you look at the strengths of your business and and the weaknesses, the things you need to work on, and then the opportunities and threats, which are external things to your business, things you don't have any control over. And, um, you know, so in our particular case, the recession, which I know you're very young and you are probably, you know, still in junior high trying to figure out what (laughs) girls were about. But the recession of 2008 till about 2011 was extremely hard on our business, as well as many, many other people's businesses. We lost clients not because they went to someone else, but because they closed down. They could not stay in business. So the fact that we're still in business, we are thankful for every day because it was a hard time to to try to stay the as we used to say flat is the new up if you could just maintain what you had done the last 6 months then you were in better shape than a lot of other people but we had done a lot of this and we knew what kind of threats were coming to us we knew photography was going downhill for a year and a half before it actually went away so we worked very hard to build up other parts of our business so that when we saw what was coming actually happened we were able to live through that so i think i veered off onto something else sorry about that <laughs> no it's okay <laughs> No, that that makes sense. So um, with the person that was coming in to uh, do you remember some of the questions that y'all that y'all went through during that time, as far as like when you had somebody come in to, to kind of work with you guys as a team? Questions as in what do you hope to do or questions in I, I guess I was just in- I guess I was just curious, like if somebody if there's couples listening to this and they're like, you know, I think I want to hire somebody to come in and help because I was I was having a conversation with one of my really good buddies, um, Wes Wages, who runs Armosa Studios. Shout out to them. Like they do a lot of great video stuff and all of that. And we were just talking like he runs his business with his wife and she's a photographer. She goes on shoots with them and they do a lot of stuff together. And he said at one point they hired somebody to come in and help them, you know, like kind of go through, you know, some coaching stuff together. And he was just, he said that one of his buddies was like, why would you not like you invest all this money in like learning resources and like books and courses or conferences, but like, why would you not invest in the most important relationship in your life? And it really clicked for me. It's like, oh, wow, like I am investing in all these other areas of personal growth. Like why not invest in this most important relationship? So if somebody wants to hire a coach or a counselor or anybody to come in and like work with them as a couple, like would you suggest like they kind of start with the basics of how are you working together as a team? Or do you think it should be like a mixture of how you're working together as a team and then also more like strategical strategy on the business, if that makes sense. Cause they're kind of two different areas and they're intertwined, sure. but I'm just mm-hmm. curious to kind of get your input on that. Cause I think that would be helpful for people. And I think it could also be intimidating or you think that yes. it's going to be like too expensive, but. Well, uh, I just want to jump in real quick. The, the most important thing about any planning process. And if you're in an RV, you know, it's part of the travel plan, right? Yeah. Before you can map out a, a trip from, point a to point b you have to figure out where point a is and if you're doing 
you know, business planning and strategic planning and personal planning and whatever it is, you need a, a really solid baseline. And that's a quick analysis on, you know, where are we and how are we? And there's a lot of ways to define that. But, you know, if you're a, if you're a couple that's in business or a couple that's considering being in business, you have to, you have to figure out what that baseline is. How, how's our relationship? Um, how's our, uh, how's our communication? Um, what's our communication style? You know, what's my love language? Uh, what's, you know, there's, there's all way, all sorts of ways to, to kind of sort that out, but, you know, finding that solid baseline so that then you can go through that analysis of these are the things that we really do well. These are the things that we need to improve on. These are the things that are critical to running a business, running a marriage, uh, running a life. And then you start looking at, okay, what are the things we need to work on? Which, which ones are most important? And you start working on those things first. And then you start working that plan you know, what do we need to do for the next six months as part of that three-year plan? It's very difficult because it's not the same as going to a marriage counselor, but there is there is a piece of that that is marriage counseling. And so, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to venture into a relationship with a third party person who doesn't understand basic communication kind of skills, because that's a whole lot of what it is. It isn't, it isn't how necessarily we do our jobs, our separate jobs within this business, but how do we communicate with one another on what we're doing? It doesn't help if I yell at Mark because some client that he spends a huge amount of time with isn't three and a half months behind on their bills. I'm yelling at Mark and he's like, I can't do anything about it. We're right in the middle of a project, you know? So <laughs> there's some pieces of that that you just have you have to learn how to communicate with one another and learn your communication styles and how that interacts and it's it's not easy i'm not i won't don't want people to think that just because we've been married 35 years that we don't ever fight cuz <laughs> sometimes we do <laughs> what do you guys have any kind of quarterly or annual check-ins like one of the check-ins I used to have with a client, for instance, was we were working together for a long period of time, a lot of hours. And like every month, it was kind of like we, we did the zoom out conversation where basically the whole goal was like to talk on the business. Like how are we working as a team together and what can we do better? And like to specifically not get into the specifics of the business, but just to talk about like how we're working together. Do you guys do any kind of check-in as a couple, as a team to kind of dig in and just ask those questions or is it more just, of just like one a, another yeah or, like how like an, is it no with just you guys like how oh, yeah. are we working as yeah, a yeah. husband yeah, wife we, or is that just we like have a, our own we have our own staff wait, meetings wait, first, oh wait no, <laughs> <laughs> no i'm just teasing i wouldn't say it's anything necessarily formal you know the the holiday season is always a good time because it, it's a it's a client work is slower and uh, we have fewer distractions and uh, we always do kind of an annual, you know, state of the state kind of review around the holidays and start making plans for the next year. Um, but it, it can be annual, monthly, weekly, daily. Um, we try to make sure that we do carve out some some time on a weekly basis to have a little bit of reflection time. Uh, how are we doing? What's the status? Things like that. But, you know, it can be daily, hourly. Uh, there's There's no real limits as to to what that is, I wouldn't say I don't feel like we have a big formal process, but we're constantly checking in and uh, doing review. Just the normal cycle of business is, you know, monthly. Uh, so we're always looking at things, you know, when the month rolls around, you know, what's our what's our billing, you know, what's our collections and, you know, what projects are we coming up with and and things like that. So that's kind of the normal routine. But to, over the years, Heath, to answer your questions, we have been uh, in the very first part, uh, first several years of our business, we were very diligent about that. We had we set goals for our bu business. Um, we did quarterly, you know, hours of, you know, let's visit this. Let's see where we're at. Let's um, and that 
it was probably more driven by me because I just was used to working like that. Whereas Mark was used to more of a daily sort of Mark ran production for a very large printing company and they had a production meeting every morning. So every day he knew what was going to be happening, what was supposed to be finished at the end of the day and that kind of stuff. Whereas I was more of a monthly or quarterly kind of person. So we've kind of changed that over the years, but we definitely have done that and really recommend that for people that, that if if you have specific measurable goals and it, it doesn't have to be that you're going to, you know, build your business 350% this year, but even a measurable goal of we're each going to be in charge of three XYZ kind of projects, or I'm my job is to make sure that the taxes get paid on time and the vendors get paid on time and the contractors get paid on time. So I'm committing to that and I'm going to hold myself responsible as well as allow Mark to hold me responsible. And again, that comes down to more of a personality kind of a thing. I have probably, we, the two of us have probably struggled more with being accountable to one another more than anyone else. I don't have any problem being accountable to somebody else. And frankly, neither does Mark. But we have a little bit of a problem being accountable to one another, you know, because it's like, I don't work for you. <laughs> <laughs> but no. that's a that's a great that's a great example as to why, you know, if you really are serious about, you know, business planning, strategic planning, you, you can't do it yourself. You can't. Even if you have the training. Um, one thing we really do like though is deadlines. And for ourselves and also for our clients. And a lot of times it's uh, you know, it's artificial, but we tell somebody that something's something's going to be done by next Friday or next Wednesday. You know, it, it needs to get done because project work, you know, website development, you know, can take forever if you let it. So we like deadlines and we like keeping um, keeping our clients on task, keeping our contractors on task, make sure those expectations are clear and, uh, you know, holds everybody accountable and makes makes those makes those things a lot smoother. I'm still not sure we've even barely answered your question. <laughs> no, no, no. That was go right that, ahead. No, that was that was good. How have things changed with you guys transitioning to living full time on the road? Because like you said, you had in-person staff and clients and, you know, you could go see them and interact with everyone. So I guess we'll stick with the theme of y'all's working dynamic. Uh, but how have things changed for you guys after, you know, having separate offices and spaces and ability to kind of do your own thing and work in your own manner to doing that in an RV on the road? Like what's different? Uh, noise canceling headphones are awesome. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we both had headphones and we use them quite often. Actually, um, and I kind of alluded to it earlier, we spent a lot of time researching how people mobilized their business in whatever way. You know, some people internationally travel and some people RV travel or live part of the time in one place and part in another. And we just started Googling everything we could find and started following blogs like yours and so many other people that were already doing it just to get a sense about how that might work. At the same time, we, you know, we really started prepping our clients, if you will. Now, we have clients that are actually all over the United States, but the majority of our clients are in the Colorado area. And many of them, just out of habit, were used to us coming to their office. Mark would go and talk to them or they would, you know, have meetings or whatever. But we rarely ever had people coming to our office. And we had an office for four years. And I can't tell you even if we had two people actually walk in to buy services from us. If anything, we use the office as a place for people, you know, where if we did need to meet somebody, they could come there. But probably 90% of the time, we went to other people. They didn't come to us. So the office was more our convenience than anything. It was just a way to go somewhere besides be at the house. But we went together, you know, so it was kind of goofy to pay for an office when we could just be at home and do the same thing. And we had home office before, before. I, I mentioned that earlier, right. but we had, you know, a 3000 square foot house and offices on separate floors. So, um, you know, 
like a regular job, I'd see her for lunch and for dinner and, you know, the other things. So it was, it was good for separation, but we did kind of a funny thing and I'm regretful now that I never took pictures, but we were living in a little three bedroom, two bath kind of condominium patio home patio kind, of a home thing. kind of thing. And we decided to use some blue painters tape and we actually moved into the smallest bedroom, moved into the guest bath, moved everything into half the kitchen and did some blue tape in the living room and set the couch and a couple of desks. And it was the size of a motorhome. And we did that for nine months, eight, eight, nine months. We lived like that for nine months so we, in oh our own gosh. house. We kind of tested it out <laughs> to see if, see if it was even possible if we could live in that small space 24, seven, 365 and <laughs> because I wasn't willing to get rid of everything that I owned unless I knew I could do it. That's hilarious. <laughs> it is. It was even funnier because if you we invite people over and, you know, there's this blue tape taped out on all the carpet all the way around, you know, and um, so we would have to explain to people, you know, this we're, we're doing this little experiment, you know, to see whether or not we can do it. But we really started learning how little space required. Our biggest challenge, and it continues to be this after 13 years, and this is whether we officed at home or we are in the RV, and that's talking on the telephone. We have a lot of clients, so we talk on the phone more than a lot of people, I think, do. If you're Business on the road is writing. That's one thing. But when you're needing to talk to people on the phone, that's the biggest challenge to us is we have to kind of manage calls, if you will, just so that we're not talking over one another. We schedule calls. There's ways around most of that. Occasionally, you'll take a call and you have Mm -hmm. to go to the other end of the RV and you just deal with it and move on. You know, lots of times we are in, today's not a good example, but we're in really nice weather. And so I, Mark doesn't because he has a gigantic monitor on his desk, but I take my laptop and sit out on the picnic table. And that gives us some separation from one another. That gives us an, uh, you know, an ability to do things without, because in an RV, the biggest challenge is he's working and I'm trying to cook something to eat and we're you know, four feet from one another. So, you know, those those kind of things are going to, they're going to be your challenge regardless of whether you're working together or not. Did that answer? <laughs> yeah, no, that, that totally answered the question. Well, we're a little over on time, but the last question I have for you guys, and I always ask this in each episode is, now that y'all been on the road for a couple of years and you're still running thin air together, how do you guys define success in this new lifestyle that y'all have? Ah. I would define it that um, we actually are enjoying it more now than we were even two and a half years ago. And it was all new and, you know, kind of really very glamorous, if you will. It just sounded so and it still does to people when you say that. Oh, that's so exciting. But I think even now we are more comfortable with each other and more comfortable with being together on the road. And this has given us an opportunity. Our children are are all grown and spread out, and it has given us a chance to go to where they are and stay for longer periods of time and watch our grandsons play ball or watch our youngest granddaughter be born. So, you know, it's given us opportunities to do that that we would not have done if we had stayed in Colorado. It just wouldn't have worked to to do it. So I guess success to me is that we get to see our family and uh, we are continuing to grow our business, which was the main, you know, thing that I worried about was, you know, could we sustain this business once we got on the road and didn't really have a home base? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, there's a lot of distractions on the road. You know, you're planning your next trip. There's all sorts of things. So, you know, I think the fact that we still enjoy it, I think we, like Alouetta said, we enjoy it more than ever. I get to ride my bike in a lot of different fun places and see some new areas that we've never seen. I love history. We love going to museums. You know, we still love the travel aspect. Um, We plan on doing this for at least another 10 years if we can Mm -hmm. pull it off and uh, still run our business as long as that's possible. And, uh yeah, we're just having fun. 
I love it. One thing that I, I feel like you guys have done really well and the time that I've seen you guys in person and also um, just, you know, from following y'all online and stuff has been, I feel like you'll do a good job of pacing your travel. And I think it's super relevant for anybody who's getting in on the road and, and is running a business is like burnout's a very real thing yes. and decision yeah. fatigue. And, um, we felt that a lot this year, just from our pace of travel is right. that like, I feel like you guys have done a good job of saying, I'm going to go be this place for a month or two. And I'm going to yes. be totally okay with that. I think some people probably put that expectation that they, they need to move, move, move. Like your home has wheels go everywhere. But yes. I feel like you guys have done a good job of saying like, we're going to go be in this place for a month or two months or a season. Yes. And, and, and it sounds like it's helped you guys have a longer term vision and, and like be able to stick around and, and do this for a longer period of time. Cause you're not getting burned out on travel. Right. We, we rarely ever go to a place for less than a month. It, it would be an unusual thing if we were there for only two weeks. And part of the reason is because we work every day, Monday through Friday, all day long. We're, we have to be available to clients. We have to be online, that kind of stuff. So the only opportunity we have to actually be a tourist is nights and weekends, just like if you were going, you know, in your own hometown, you would be doing things after hours or on the weekends. That was actually part of our planning process, you know, over the last three or four years, way before we were even mobile, is that, you know, we needed a way to be stable during the week so that our business was healthy because none of this would be possible without the business being healthy and that we could stay healthy because it's not any fun if you get sick. Um, so the pace was very important and, you know, being able to recreate um, you know, either physically or sightseeing wise, all those things were part of that equation. And we've planned it. I wouldn't say we're, you know, I wouldn't say we're obsessive planners, but it is part of that planning process where you have to plan your downtime as well as your uptime and make sure it all kind of works together. The thing that I think is most interesting, and it's a good thing that we both are fairly flexible you have to be okay with uncertainty. Um, you know, being small business owners, you know, you don't know where your next paycheck is coming from, really. Um, so you have to be comfortable with that. But, you know, when you're full-time traveling, you have to be uncomfortable with, you know, what's the weather today? Is it going to impact your travel? Um, what if they close the campground you're planning to stay at because they had flooding? Um, all those things have happened to us. So you have to be flexible uh, and, and, and be okay with a certain level of uncertainty. No, I, I love that. Well, thank you guys so much for coming on the podcast. Where's a good place for people to connect with you guys online? Uh, so there's three places. Thinairweb.com is That's the business. business website. Um, Exploratours.us. Uh, and that's E-U-R-S dot U-S. And then marriedtobusiness.com is kind of a... That's our new project. We haven't gotten it far enough along playing yet. Playing with, but yeah, any any of those things are, are so. If you go there, you won't see very much right now, but we're working on it because <laughs> we believe that married to business is if you're going to be married and in business together, we need to all kind of stick together and learn from each other. So I love it. Awesome. Well, thank you guys again so much for being on the podcast. Thank you, Heath. Thanks, Heath. Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning into that episode with Mark and Alouetta. If you want to connect with them, definitely hit them up on one of their sites that they mentioned or go to marriedtobusiness.com. Alyssa and I were talking about it and we think it's it's such a meaningful mission and purpose behind a blog or a podcast or whatever direction Mark and Alouetta decide to take that platform um, of just creating resources for couples who are running their business together. And that's just something that uh, I think more and more people are going to be doing. And I would personally love to be consuming more helpful resources that make me a better communicator and able to work better um, with with my partner, with Alyssa. So I um, hope you guys enjoyed the episode as much as I did. And I'll see you all next time on the RV Entrepreneur Podcast. <laughs>